Hello, welcome to the Crypto with Cash Cast episode number 25. My name is Duncan Morland. I'm your host, and I am joined by Kashaya Bassi. Hello, Cash. Hey, how are you doing? You're right. Um, I don't need to tell everyone Cash is the most knowledgeable crypto person on the planet and possibly in this universe. Um, and then we're having a uh, illness special this because uh, <laughs> we're both not very well. <laughs> yeah, I think it's definitely a flu going around. I, I don't think it's a C word, <laughs> which is which is COVID, not um, not the other C word, which I yeah. don't know if we could put on YouTube. Probably. Um, how are you doing, Cash? You yeah, said... I'm doing better. I'm doing better. I've gone Good. through like a half a box to a full box of tissues. Yeah, been sneezing, got a runny nose. But yeah, it's going to get you to clarify for everyone what you're using those tissues for. Actually. Yeah, I thought I thought I'd make sure. Um, but yeah, no, I'm good enough to be. I'm feeling better now, so I'm good enough to be on this uh, podcast right now. How well, you it, it looks like you're in your boardroom, to be honest, just ready. I'm I'm, I'm just about to fly off. Yeah, I was an airport. Yes, yeah, an airport. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I'm I'm assuming it's an airport. That's what I thought it was. Just actually, maybe no. It is yeah. a boardroom. I thought you know the 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 seats were facing towards where the planes yeah. are. Well, it does look like a boardroom in an yeah, airport. Yeah, I might have got yeah. lost. <laughs> Your side hustle, just uh, yeah, in an, <laughs> an airport. Um, I'm yeah. all right. I've just mine, mine, mine's weird. It's just like I feel fine, except I just cough loads of rubbish up in the morning, which is what our audience wants to hear. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think you should go into uh, more details. <laughs> yeah, I'll just describe uh, what. Yeah, no, no one wants to hear that. Um, we got some topics today. We're gonna have just yeah. like a bit of a ramble chat. Um, but we've got a few things we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about An- Anthony Hopkins selling his NFT. Yeah. I didn't even realize he had an NFT. We're going to talk about, what was it, Mango something getting hacked for 100 Yeah, Mango Markets. Mango Markets. And um, we might talk about uh, a bit about the crypto markets in general and maybe just about British politics uh, because that's, that seems to be the biggest thing impacting UK markets recently. Um, so, Cash, Anthony Hopkins... Who is he for people who don't know? I actually can't remember. Is he an actor? Yeah, Anthony Hopkins, uh, the way I remember, he's he's from Hannibal. Yeah, um, okay, that's he's, it, yeah. he's a very well-known actor. Um, and, you know, he's an Academy Award winner. And he recently launched an NFT series in um, collaboration with a company called Orange Comet. And he essentially announced 1,000 NFTs and he's uh, released these to the public to be sold. Um, and they're all original cinematic pieces from his different performances over the years um and they actually sold out in in under 10 minutes um which is, so like, which is a huge uh, achievement right now yeah are they video clips or uh, from from what i recall i think they were just images so there's uh, there's some videos and, and there are images as well uh what's interesting is that the main thing is that he actually made history by selling out in less than seven minutes um wow. on open sea and it's an even bigger deal fact that you know he did this during a bear market mm. uh, where a lot of attention has shifted away from crypto right now which usually happened in the previous cycles you know yeah so is he was he in, do you know was he like involved in this sort of talking about i think he was he was um involved in the direction of the project of course the the, the nfts themselves are from his works in the past but i think he had a sort of uh, an input on the direction of uh, of the nft uh, mm. which is nice to see you know um, I've seen him tweet a couple of times about different uh, cryptocurrencies as he, that he's interested in. Oh, really? Um, quite, yeah, quite, quite old now. He is. I think he's like seventy, eighty, if not if not older. 
but it's always it's always good to see people actually you know engaging with these new technologies and um he's done very well so good for him yeah that's cool so um what something that we were t- talking about earlier before the podcast in our secret meeting before the podcast um was ai generated art yeah and i don't know if any of the audience have seen any of this stuff but could you just tell people what ai generated art is and then maybe we can just talk about maybe the implications and how it relates to crypto yeah so essentially um i've been seeing a lot of ai generated art on my timeline on social media tons of videos on youtube now where uh, it's essentially an algorithm or you you can literally write a, a message or, or mm-hmm. a description of an image and the AI will use machine learning or use artificial intelligence to actually paint that picture. So you could make up something like, oh, uh, a red shoe on top of a blue building flying through space. And the, the algorithm will essentially paint that for you. And it will mm. look very realistic as well, um, as unrealistic as that sounds. Yeah, no, I tried one of them because there's a bunch of different sites coming out. And some of them, I don't know if some of them are paid, but some of them you can use for free at least. At a lot beginning. of them... Um, well, so basically you have to sign up to, uh, there's a wait list right now because there's millions of people trying to get on board. I think one of the most popular one right, right now is Dali, uh, okay. but, but there's mini versions that people have basically scraped from the internet. Um, there's Stable Fusion and there's a, there's a bunch of others as well. So are people using these this software to make NFTs, do you know? Some people definitely are. I mean, they're using these NFTs to, uh, they're creating art that they can sell um, on OpenSea and all these NFT marketplaces. Um, others are essentially just using it for fun. Yeah. And do you think, I mean, I guess there's, I don't know whether it's a bit of a big conversation, like AI kind of taking over art. I don't know whether that's... That's the thing. There is, there is you know, of course, there is a discussion that there's a possibility that AI art could completely replace these digital artists. Um, and, you know, th- these are the first iterations of this technology that we're seeing at the moment in five years, 10 years time. It's going to be even more sophisticated and who knows what they're going to be able to do. I think it's going to get to a stage where we're able to create whole movies uh, with AI. I think that there are some existing forms of that happening right now, but I think it's going to be even more uh, enhanced and sophisticated in the future yeah i saw a breakdown from a movie uh a graphic design studio or um where they had done i think it was an indian film and they showed how they sort of yeah. uh i don't know took a, took a scene without many people in you know a big scene with a few crowds and then turned it into a scene with like you know tens of thousands of people in and it looked amazing yeah um, i guess one of the things i think is you know, like you know how YouTube kind of gave the average person to become, you know, the ability to sort of produce documentaries, do whatever. Yeah. Um, and the same with Twitch, like kind of, you know, the average or podcasting, like like we're doing a podcast. We have obviously no experience or expertise in it, even after yeah. twenty five episodes. But like anybody can just set up a podcast and have a go, kind of thing. Like, yeah, I mean that already um, exists. I'm I'm seeing videos of. Um... For example, Tom Cruise, someone's basically superimposed his face onto onto theirs, and he's talking and saying things, um, and it looks exactly like him, but of course it's not him. And then I'm seeing videos and essentially software that you can buy that the there's a human that anything you type it will say and it will make it look realistic, but you know that human's never existed. Um, I think there's a website 
Don't quote there's me on this. There's a software called Liz Trust. I think I've seen it on the. Uh, there, there's that, but there's also um, I think the website's thispersondoesnotexist.com. Oh god, that's terrifying. Yeah, yeah, yeah and I've it's basically this. an AI-generated image of a face of a person that yeah. looks 100% real, but this person doesn't exist. It's just uh, like yeah. different uh, features of different bodies and uh, different faces put together, and it looks like so a whole new human being that doesn't exist. Sometimes those photos have like a terrifying, like thing on the side. Like it just messes up slightly. Yes, yeah, slightly. Really weird. Or like the, the eyebrow, picture. you can see there's an overlap. Yeah, with like and it's like yeah. it's terrifying. Or the background's like warped in a way that just it just makes it really horrible. But know you know, why. with with you know the current uh, political climate and how we're seeing misinformation being shared on the internet, it does worry me. Like imagine someone creates a video of a politician saying a certain thing um and you know it, people who are none the wiser will just share it not realizing that it's completely fake you know yeah. it is kind of worrying to think about i wonder if it kind of under you know there's with all this stuff it kind of places a more of a premium on interaction in the world you know like okay <clears throat> a physical piece of art that i've seen you paint you know has a different kind of value to something generated online similar to how like homemade or like hand sorry handmade yeah or like, or like, more expensive yeah uh, or like i need you know i'm going to go and see what somebody has to say in person you know like a, a politician or whatever um because you can't trust like you said if, if if the technology gets that far i don't yeah i'm too stupid to know the to think about the proper implications of it but it, yeah it's scary because if you think about it so many um i think there there have even been genocides in the in the past that have essentially been uh, triggered by rumors you know uh, rumors right. that the other side is this saying this or they're preparing to do this and that um and it's uh, initiated a a genocide so just imagine what uh, a very well crafted ai video has the power to do if this was happening before with old technology just imagine what mm. is possible with new technology and i know that sounds a bit dark and but I think, unfortunately, that's just the reality of the world we live in. And there are always going to be bad actors who are going to take advantage of technology for their own benefit. Maybe, yeah, maybe some good stuff can come out of it, too. I, can't I mean, there's it. people creating beautiful mind. art as well. Um, yeah, digital art is amazing. A lot of as well. Yeah. So $100 million hack in the crypto sphere. Yeah, so Mango Markets... Uh, it's essentially a de decentralized finance uh, protocol. It was hacked for around $117, $120 million. Uh, what the hacker essentially did was then propose that he or she would return the stolen items if they could keep a $47 million bounty. Oh. And the team essentially accepted that. Uh, so the hacker got to keep around $47 million return the rest of money so no one uh, from the protocol lost money and he made off with essentially 47 million dollars for for free i think it's turned out to be the biggest um bounty paid out in crypto ever because uh, a lot of these projects have bounty programs where if you find a flaw or vulnerability in the code you can essentially let the team know and they'll give you a bounty um the the second biggest one i think was a million dollars um someone was paid a million dollars for finding uh, critical uh vulnerability in one of the codes this person was paid 47 million for for what they did and i think i, I think that will be the biggest for a very long time 
So what what's stopping people, you know, people from that, who, the developers and stuff or, or their legal teams trying to find out who this guy is just because they've agreed not to because of this bounty? Or... That that is the that is part of the agreement and it's all essentially agreed upon through the blockchain. So, you know, the hacker has evidence that the team have said, okay, we will not seek uh, any sort of damages from you or to, promise to we promise not to go after you if you return a certain amount of funds which he has done it's all available uh to be viewed and verified on the blockchain um and then if in return he gets to keep 47 million dollars in the process um what is mango chain it's essentially a DeFi uh protocol that allows you to earn interest on your different crypto holdings right okay and what do you, i mean do you think of it as like a, is it on ethereum or uh, no it's a solana based Solana, okay, and one you like, or and uh, no, not no one that I've used before, no. Okay, but it still had over one hundred twenty million dollars on the platform, so it was uh, it was used uh, by many people, of course. So the the money that he gave back, or he or she gave back, that covered people's losses, did it? Yeah, yeah, okay. and then he essentially kept a, he kept the excess. Good guy hacker or good woman hacker? Yeah, good person hacker. Um, Okay, and the crypto markets in general, how have, how have they been faring? Right now, at the time of recording, um, Bitcoin is actually painting a green candle. Uh, it's, it's just above $19,000, just ranging. It's been here for a while now. I think, you know, the markets are in wait and see mode. It's been here for, I'm looking all the way back. We've not moved since perhaps before September, even August, September, we were still around the same price. I think my um, traders, you know, are in wait and see mode to see what central banks uh, decide to do with regards to inflation and governments as well. Well, all the traders are just trading the British pound at the moment, aren't they? They're busy. Yeah, so. they don't have to do much to make money. Just just hold anything but the but the pound, <laughs> and you you become rich overnight. Um, and have we seen a knock on effect um, from the stuff happening in the UK economy? To, to crypto um, I think there was this discussion about how difficult it is for crypto projects to um, set up headquarters in the UK. I think crypto.com just chose Paris, for example, uh, for the new headquarters. I think they invested 100 to 150 million dollars, um, euros actually, um, in Paris to set up their European hub there. I mean, it would have been nice to get that in, in London, but I think the you know the regulation side of things in the uk is not clear enough for these companies and they're simply just not gonna uh, yeah. risk it it was like that earlier in the year when i was looking into a few different uh yield platforms it was they're basically operating in a gray area there was a there was like a, some kind of list the government or a part of the government had put out yeah you know, that basically said these companies are okay to operate here but it wasn't it wasn't there was there wasn't the, the regulatory stuff wasn't in place for companies to really know. So they were kind of able to operate kind of not, you know, it was in this great. This Which is why a lot of these place. companies are choosing to, you know, move to Dubai or Singapore or even Portugal for a while, because the companies there I feel like were a lot more proactive when it came to um, crypto regulation. Uh, unfortunately, the UK government have been pretty slow to deal with the UK side of um, uh, regulation mm. for crypto. So, you know, these companies, they're not going to risk setting up business here and the government maybe t turning around tomorrow and saying, actually, 
we're going to tax this this much or we're not you're not allowed to run this sort of protocol here so they're just choosing to go somewhere where the the rules are laid out already and that they're able to pay less taxes and it's all clear from the outset what they're uh, going to get there do you know which countries are kind of uh most proactive on laying out clear at the moment a lot of these companies are actually moving from singapore to uh, dubai dubai is becoming essentially a hub for crypto activity a lot of these businesses uh, are based there of course they're also based in canary islands where they can um and, and some i think bahamas as well which is where ftx is uh, they're inviting a lot of crypto companies because it's tax-free and uh, it's just generally a more friendly environment to test up to set up a crypto business up there and I guess it's a global um, technology, isn't it, essentially? So, yeah, exactly. I mean, all you need is access to the internet, essentially. But as long as you're within a country that um, has guidelines and uh, set rules for what you can operate, then I think it's much easier for companies like that. I just want to share a quick story because I uh, saw that Santander has got a savings account that's paying like two two 2.75% per year or something i was like oh that's good i'm gonna i'll open an account with them uh entered my email and then and now they want me to post them a bill and a copy of my um passport i was like post post it what like surely i can just get on the app or like take a photo no yeah. you can't email us you got i know this sounds like um it's a very minor problem and it will just take a few extra days but it's a bit crazy <laughs> I know, no, I totally understand what you mean. I mean, we're seeing um, technology sort of improve in, in such vast ways in other areas. Hmm. And you'd expect banking to keep up with it. And if anything, I would I would hope banking to be on top of it, you know, leading well, I mean, the way in a way. Yeah, but you yeah. still have to like provide, as you said, send in documents, get someone to manually approve it. Like this is this is essentially the same thing that's been happening for 10, 20 years now. But even yeah, even if after they've been dis disrupted, like by, you know, the the fintech banks like Monzo and Starling, like you can, that's they're mainly app based, aren't they? You can do yeah. sort of all that stuff through. Um, yeah, I'm just annoyed basically about that. It's it is annoying, and and, and like you said, these fintech companies are providing much better customer service. Um, yeah. If you have an issue, for example, um, with Monzo or Revolut or Starling, like you said, you can contact customer service trail you don't have to stay on the phone for half an hour to get connected to someone you can just yeah. chat with them same way you're used to chatting with anyone you know and yeah. Um, yeah i think it's just much better and hopefully these banks will catch up one day fingers crossed because uh 2.75 percent is well below inflation but it's still much better than uh what bank accounts have been paying for a long time um yeah before we wrap up we'll do a short short podcast today because we're both uh croaky um is there any like anything you've had your eye on in the crypto space you know just i don't know kind of projects you've been looking at trends anything like that i think it's interesting because um the metaverse is again becoming a popular topic with i actually shared a video in the uh, in the telegram community yeah um facebook slash meta is coming out with a new uh, vr headset and it's i think a lot of people have misconceptions when it comes to the metaverse they think it's just these pixelated games that they can play but the video actually shows that you can actually have a whole work setup with these vr headsets so you you have a laptop in front of you and then once you put it on you have these huge massive screens that you see in front of you and that can help you work 
and essentially multitask uh, much more uh, effectively. Um, you can have massive screens. You can replace those screens with certain charts or whatever, you, wh whichever. You can have 3D models, for example, if you are a lecturer, you can have a 3D model of like a skeleton or mm. uh, a, a certain body part that you're talking about. And you can show this to students all over the world. Um, they don't have to be there in person for you to, uh, to show how the artery works or different body uh, body daily functions are uh, working. I think that side of things is very uh, interesting. And I think as VR technology and these sort of VR uh, goggles technologies become uh, more sophisticated, I think more and more people are going to start to see the, the potential that they have and realize just how early we are. And, just how much uh, more advanced it's going to get in the future. Yeah, I think even the size of the VR goggles, you know, when they're just like the size of a pair of glasses. Yeah, yeah. You know, that would be completely different. And like you were saying, like, so the thing you shared in was a video of somebody on their laptop in like a office or a cafe or whatever, and then yeah. all these screens pop out above the laptop, you know, with extra bits on. And, and, you know, you watch videos of traders or depending on your job, coding, whatever, having loads of screens really helps your job and you can have that in a VR space. Yeah. Um, yeah. So when I go work in shared work cafes, uh, we'll all be sat there with our VR headsets on just sort of. Yeah. I think that's a very interesting <laughs> side of things. And I think uh, what's also worth mentioning is that it's not just virtual reality. It's a uh, um, augmented reality as well, which is you still see the real world. Yeah, it's just that it's augmented in the sense that you have an extra screen uh, screen or, for example, you can have a TV the size of your wall, for example. Your whole wall can be turned into a TV. Mm. Um, augmented reality, I think, is going to mm. become increasingly popular in the years to come. And as you said, it's, the technology itself is going to become much more portable, much more sleek. So it could be simply a, a pair of glasses that you put on. And it will just look, to everyone else, it looks like a normal pair of glasses. But to you, you're seeing the world in a totally different way. I vaguely remember, like, Google had... Google Glasses or something. I, I think it was too. It, it was ahead of its time, you know. Yeah, I don't know whether what was it Google Lens. Yeah, it was like I don't know whether was it just an idea or was it? Do they actually? I think they actually started making the devices, but it just never took off. I think it was ahead of its time, um, and no one was really ready for it. But I think with these devices that Facebook is making hmm. or Meta. Um, people are going to be more familiarized with the mm. technology and it's definitely here to stay in my opinion. Yeah. Okay. Um, just before we go, I just thought we could do a little tease for your latest, uh, crypto with cash write up. Mm -hmm. Um, the coin is without giving it away. It's a kind of decentralized Binance. Is that right? So essentially, yeah. How would you, yeah. What would be your It's a decentralized exchange that anyone anywhere can use um as you said you don't need to provide documents and send documents to anyone to verify your account all you need is an ethereum wallet or uh, uh essentially an arbitrum wallet which is essentially the same thing you just use metawask to log in um and then you can make your trades um and it's very good because it's, it's cheap fees uh the fees are comparable to some of the largest exchanges out there um and i definitely think you know these de decentralized versions of um, centralized platforms are definitely here to stay as well. And can you trade on that platform? Can you trade non-crypto? Um, um, as far as I know, not on this platform, but there are decentralized exchanges out there that do offer these sort of um, traditional stock assets as well. 
Right, okay. And if it does turn out to be as big as Binance, it will be a good investment at its current Of course, price. you know, these these exchanges, um, the, the more adoption they get, the more va uh, value and revenue goes to the token holders. So as crypto and the industry as a whole grows, then more value, the, 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 the value of the token will increase at the same time as well. Yeah. Um, if anyone would like access to Cash's latest write-up, um, you can become a member of Crypto with Cash. Uh, you'll get access to the portfolio, bonus recommendations, all the all past write-ups, the Telegram community, which is where we all chat about stuff, which was kicking off this week uh, in a good way, like conversation about all the crazy stuff going on in the UK. At one point, I had like 60 missed messages on there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so um, thank you for your time today, Cash. Thank you very much for having me. That's all right. I hope you start to feel better soon. And me. Thank you. Me too. And, and you too as well. <laughs> thank you. Um, thank you for anyone who's listening. Um, you subscribe if you want more. We appreciate a like. Drop us a comment or a question. Um, and until next time, goodbye. Take care. Bye.